Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along show. Andrew, you can't start by clicking a punch. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 118. Tonight's show is brought to you by Oval Chain Rings are fucking awful. That's... Just pissing people off even more right yep, off the bat. That's that's You know what? I had the opportunity to ride an oval chain ring again and it took everything I had in my body not to, once we removed it from the bike, not to frisbee it as hard as I could into a field. Yeah, so when I'm president, two things. One, Bluetooth devices will connect better, and two, oval Except chain for, rings will be illegal. How about this? Like once you pass the threshold onto any sort of public land, your Bluetooth device will no longer work. No, because you might be using Bluetooth headphones. Well, you shouldn't use both headphones, though. That's up for debate. No, because there are a lot of people that have both headphones in, and then you get behind I, them, I and they're like, I that, don't hear you. Again, that's up for debate, but... Oval chain rings not going to be allowed once I'm president. So also, uh, if you're if you're caught writing in cursive, <laughs> it'll be hard labor. <laughs> What's wrong with cursive? Like what kind of hard labor? Like 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 I want to hear what your definition of hard labor would be for. This. I mean, you'll do something constructive for the country. Um, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Would it be like road and bridge building hard labor or? Like cleaning out vault toilets. Nah, I think it'd be road and bridge building because you'd be out in the sun. Vault toilets, yeah. you'd have to ride around in a truck. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, do we want to do patrons? Do you have those up? Can I use your computer for this? You can. All right. So, starting at ten dollars a month, we've got Zozo, Zach, Will, Trailboaters are often thirsty. Please bring them beer. Tom P, Todd, Ty, Tennessee, Zach. Taperboard Pro, Smells Like Sweat and Fear, SCG Shoe Company. Then we've got Sam Packlin Racing, Sam, Ryan, Ralph, Parker, Noah, Nick, My Pal Dow, MTB Shenanigans, Lloyd, Christmas, uh, Leland, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jara Dix, Jake D, Green Giant, Gordon, G-Man, F That Guy Mark, Ezra, Trilogy, Evan, Eric, Drew, P-Balls, Dildo Swaggins, Captain Fickle, <laughs> Cam Irish One, Billy Singlespeed, Bill, Bo, Baggins. Alec, AJ, Aaron. We've got Esker Cycles at 11.69. And then Leadout Sports and Josh from the Intez at 14 Australian ears a month. Then we've got Dean at 16.50 a month in Kangaroo Bucks. Then at $20 a month, we've got Scott, Poop Ranch, Joe, Brady, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions, Harley at 30, Troy at 31, and Six Pack Outdoors at 50. So with that, we have our patrons. And since I'm already talking, I'm going to go first. I think the last time we talked, I had ripped down a shed. Since then, I have fully disassembled all the carnage. I've done a big run to the dump. And reassembled some of the carnage. Don't steal my thunder, ho. I've fully disassembled everything. Uh, Made a big run to the dump. Made a big run to the other dump. I built Andrea a 4x8 like low greenhouse, so you can't walk inside of it, but it... we'll post pictures of it. I built some stuff for my motorcycle. I built a box to hold firewood i moved a wood burning stove into the workshop where we work on bikes it's fucking awesome i built a new workbench to go in the shed that we don't have built yet that's replacing all these shitty sheds i've been tearing down and i went for a bike ride so the bike i rode is really cool i was able to ride the esker hey duke lvs and for those of you that don't know the lvs is a touring slash bike packing slash 
long tail mountain bike. It has a 600 millimeter chainstay, and the front geometry is pretty similar to the Hey Duke, but not the Hey Duke that I had. the The geometry changed. There was there was two Hey Dukes, and I had the first one, and this is modeled more closely after the second one, except the chainstay has been stretched by a ton, and it was really cool. And yeah, that's that's really all there is to say about it. It's really weird, but it's really good, but it's really weird. And I don't know, I don't really know how else to put this other than, and none of this is, is belittling to the bike. I really enjoyed riding the bike. I want to start there. If you don't mind going uphill slowly and you want a bike that has, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, that has the stability of like a tractor, just super planted, super cozy, this is the bike for you. It just, it's a heavy bike. It doesn't climb very quickly um, for that reason. Um, it has gobs of traction. Um, I did fall over and eat shit once. We'll get to that in a moment. But, you know, it's it's a it's a very planted, very stable bike. Planted to the point that I didn't feel a need to use my dropper post. Just, you know, normally you drop your post for a little chundery section or a corner or bumping over something, but it just it just didn't feel necessary. We rode some pretty tame trails, but still it felt pretty good. But then I absolutely cooked it and ate shit. So, uh, see, what had happened was, is my rear wheel hit something after my rear, I, in my mind, my rear wheel had cleared something, but it hadn't, because it lives, Because you know. your mind is like, my rear wheel is here, but the rear wheel is like, bitch, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. So, I kooked it because I thought I had missed a rock behind me, but instead I just drove my rear wheel straight into it, and when that happened, I immediately plowed my front wheel into something. And normally in this situation, I think I would have gone over the bars, but instead I came to a complete and total stop and there was a tree directly to my side and I didn't want to bash into this tree. So I just dove off the bike beside the tree, but I was kind of still clipped in I with like my to bottom. I grab board. onto the tree. Just give it a big hug. And when I say the tree was beside me, it was like... Past it, hugging. It, it wasn't right there. It was like just behind right there. So yeah, I fell over. And I like grunted and I was riding with Parker and he's like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm just going to sit here a minute. He's like, do you need help? And I was like, no, I'm just going to sit here a minute. And he comes back anyways. And uh, there I was tangled up in this huge fucking bicycle. <laughs> um, and yeah, I uh, was, was, yeah, that, I mean, that's not a, that's not the bike's fault. It's just, I fucking cooked it because I haven't been riding much and I'm not good at bikes anymore. But no, in in all seriousness, uh, it's a really cool bike. Again, it just it just doesn't go uphill very well. It jumps great. It actually corners scarily well. And for everyone at home that's about to call bullshit on me, I will meet you at the post office and we can fight. It it corners so well, like the Howard Post Office. Sure. Yeah. All right. No, just the post office. You go to your post office. I'll go to mine. We'll fight. <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna work, but fucking figure it out. No, it, it corners so well. And it, it just doesn't make sense. I even like a climbing switchback. Um, I think it's because the rear wheel is so far behind you that there's no chance of when you're pedaling through the switchback that the front tire lifts. So you can just keep fucking turning and pedaling. And it's just like, no, 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 no. And it just goes. It's awesome. I think if you shred and it was going to be your only hardtail, you might be a little bit bummed. But if you just wanted a bike that was going to be super cozy and haul all your shit when you felt like hauling it, yeah, I think it'd be great. So, yeah. Uh, but since I know he's listening, Tim, don't ever put oval chain rings on bikes again. They're <laughs> terrible and they're utter trash. 
I mean, I love you, but Jesus Christ, that bike felt so bad with that chain ring that, on it. That patron contribution next month is going to be eleven sixty eight per month. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, no, I mean, uh, the one takeaway I have is I think that if someone normally rides an oval chain ring and they were to hop on a bike with a round chain ring, they are probably more equipped to ride a round chain ring than someone that normally rides a round chain ring hopping on a bike with an oval chain ring. And I hope that makes sense. But Andrea just walked off. That's all that I got. So, Kenny, what have you been doing? Let's see. I don't know bike riding, but it was fairly nice this uh, last weekend. And I went out with a couple of my usual motorcycle riding buddies and we rode some motos. So that was really fun. Rode in a new spot over there in Bountiful. And it's got a mixture of a little bit of everything. There's some cool single track over there that was like through the woods and super loamy and leafy. And is that what you sent a video of to us? uh, That is, yeah, that's bountiful. That was a more open section, obviously. And yeah, we climbed up some random mountains and there was a bunch of ice and snow on the gravel road to get to where we were going to actually ride. So that was a little bit sketchy on the motos. Uh, Some people fell down. Let's see. Yeah, it was a really good time. I have bought a new motorcycle. I will not say what it is until I have it in my hands, but I bought a new motorcycle and uh, it's not, but it's not a Stark Varg. So there's Stark Varg news, which is I got a message from Stark saying that your local dealer is now going to like service you essentially. We're not going to ship consumer direct anymore. So that's interesting. There's probably going to be more, you know, fees and hurdles and stuff to jump through to do that. So that's kind of weird and interesting, but it also looks like the timeline for delivery of the bike moved up like almost six months, which is insane. So to the point where they want me to make a financial commitment to it right now. And all this stuff happened, all this stuff happened in the past couple of days. So yeah, kind of crazy in the motorcycle world at the moment. But for right now, tentatively, I'm probably going to pass on the Stark Varg, which is kind of a bummer. But, you know, I don't really think it was the right bike for the type of riding I do anyway. It was more of a, hey, this thing's really cool um, performance-wise and everything. But, you know, from the seat height to the weight, and also it's really expensive. So I'm probably going to pass on that one. And uh, once I have the other motorcycle in my possession, I will let everybody know what it is. So is it a Honda? It is not a Honda. Hmm. Does it burn gas? It does not burn gas. But speaking of that, I have, I own a Suzuki SV650. It just needs some work. And that is a winter project. So I had an SV650 way back when. That was my first sport bike back in like 03 or something. And I got another one on a really good deal. So I will be, but it needs work. So I will work on that over the winter. So question, is your Suzuki... Or is your SV650 or my Land Rover going to run first? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. We should uh, we should give everybody updates on that. Loser where are, makes where are you at? Rice. All right. That sounds good. Where are you at in your process? Planning stages. <laughs> They're working on it on Saturday. <laughs> okay. Tentatively, like if everything went as smoothly as possible and, you know, nothing was like, for example, made in uh, the UK, where when do you think you would have it done? I mean, it's such a weird thing to answer because not trying to exaggerate too much, I think if I ignored any preventative further maintenance, I think it could run 
in like a, like two hard weekends. I'm just just spitballing that. If we just put the donor motor in and ignored any other things that could be handled at the same time, it, it could run pretty quickly. But I assume with those, there's like all the stuff that the entire community has figured out. They're like, oh, yeah, you got the, you know, killer dowel pin thing like in the whatever that you got to swap out or this breaks and then you got to yeah upgrade this and do this and yeah it's like well i want to rebuild the center dip i want to reseal the transmission i'm going to relocate go to the a a non land rover proprietary thermostat i'm going to relocate the coil pad or the the distributor i'm going to delete the airbag system in the rear gonna go through the rear differential because it's leaking around the cover you know those little things are gonna add up to where hopefully once it's on the road, it's not like cool. It drove. Uh, now I need to do this. You know. So it's what year? Take it, it back apart. What year? Mm-hmm. Two thousand. Two thousand. The year and after I graduated they... high school. <laughs> do you remember roughly like what the year range is of the generation that you have? Yeah. So ninety nine through oh four is the Discovery two. And that's what you, you have a Discovery two. Mm-hmm. Got it. And within that, there's slight tweaks here and there but it's essentially like legos you just plug different pieces together very cool um i'm gonna put a call out right now on the show when i was shopping for land rovers i once saw a radio that i really really wanted and like a head unit and i can't find it now because the only things i can think to google are bringing up Essentially, a USB radio that fits in your like 1956 Chevy Bel Air or whatever the fuck classic car. But there's a USB radio that or head unit that looks super old school, down to the fact that it has like the old looking like green letters on the display. You know, it's like very minimal display. Um, and I can't think of the name of it to save my life. And if someone out there knows what that is, and the problem is, is in my mind, I looked at a Craigslist ad and I was like, oh, I'm going to remember that. I'll get one. But when I went to Google it, I'm I'm not finding it. So if anyone knows what that head unit is, I would I'll, I'll email you a high five because that's I, I just really want to know. I can't and I haven't done a ton of digging. And the problem is, is I've looked like twice, but I keep ending up in the same rabbit hole that's like going north when I need to be going south. Yeah, I've seen a few. I want to say maybe uh, Blopunkt made one at one point. Uh, they do like a lot of like German car replacement type stuff, if I'm not mistaken. They probably are German now that I think about it. Uh, I'll look around. I think I've seen what you're talking about is it like a brand that is recognizable or is it like a hong dong radio mm, i don't think it was quite hong dong but i don't it wasn't like a polk model a polk old school or some shit like that you know that would be on Crutchfield, if that makes sense gotcha because and this is gonna sound dumb it's mm, i don't know how to word this mm, you know it doesn't really matter I, I just, I don't want to put some big, it, it's not necessarily even the look. I think it looks cool, but it was also just ultra basic. Like there was just a few buttons and a fucking volume knob. Like, yeah, I don't, check out, uh, it's called retro manufacturing. Uh, it's probably the one you're looking for. You know the problem, you know what, Kenny? I think you're right. And you know what I was stuck on? 
which was putting me in the, when I said I was going down the wrong rabbit hole, I kept thinking it was vintage. And I knew that wasn't right, but I just, which was taking me to like the stuff that I didn't need. Now these are like extremely specific, like for super like 1950s and all that, and probably fit into those super weirdo, like non-DIN size things. But I think they've got DIN, like a DIN standard size, but retro looking and just has like, you know, Bluetooth. No, no, this is where I ended up before, Kenny. Ah, this is where I ended up before. Do you want, is it a one DIN or two DIN dash or no? It's a single DIN. Yeah, one DIN. Awesome. Straight from motorcycles into cars into radios. Exactly what (laughs) everybody wants to hear. Do we want to talk about new shit? Do we want to talk about what Andrea's done? Can I, can I go? I don't know. Can you? (laughs) Because I have not been hunting. I rode my bike yesterday, went out and rode my single speed. I have come to the realization that after doing a ton of hiking, very intense, uh, very long days of hiking, carrying around a backpack that, uh, and plus being over the age of 40, I have lost a lot of muscle mass and also just losing weight in general. Um, It hasn't been good for my upper body strength. Been having some weird shoulder pains just doing kind of normal every day. Not every day. Every day for me. Like my normal amount of physical labor uh, has been making me hurt more than normal. And I've kind of come to the conclusion that I need to just, I, I need to like hit the gym a little bit. But that's been like my realization of the week. Like I rode my single speed and I mean, it was a good ride. I didn't feel bad or anything. I I mean, I felt like I hadn't pedaled a bike in a month, but I uh, like my abs were sore, which doesn't normally happen. Even times when I ride my bike and I haven't ridden for a while, like that's not a normal thing for me. So, yeah, just just getting older. Um, anyone out there, you just need to know, like I just know this from my <clears throat> um, educational background, that um, as you get older... Maintaining muscle mass is your fountain of youth. Like you, you need to do that. It is incredibly important for many, many aspects of your physical health as you get older. So I'm kind of staring that in the face right now. But uh, that's kind of been Matt. What else have I done this week besides I went for a bike ride? You were. You shot your bow. Yeah, yeah. I've got. Got a new bow, got new arrows. I don't think I talked about getting a new bow. I talked about thinking about it, and I I did. I got a carbon fiber bow, and it is amazing that today it was 45 degrees outside. I wore a light pair of gloves, and my hands were not at all cold from touching something metal. So I'm incredibly happy with it. I mean, it's a really nice bow, too. And I got um, got a new set of arrows to go with it, and it's, it's great. It's super consistent. So I'm... Um, extremely happy with it oh yeah we went to colorado springs that's one downside one of the few i mean we could probably list like five major downsides of living way out in a rural area where we live a while back i had cracked the screen on my iphone and took it in to get repaired Um, when i picked it up it said something about face id not working and i'm like oh it got a new screen something's reset i just need to like deal with it when i get home That was in Colorado Springs. That's two hours away from our house, which is where I have to go if I want an iPhone repaired. And got home and it's like, no, your face ID is just not going to work. There's something wrong with your front facing camera. And uh, yeah, I couldn't use the face ID. And then last week, 
Uh, it started what they call ghost touching, which is where it's like something is touching your screen when you're not touching it. So it will like select things and scroll your screen and it's really, really obnoxious. So um, I just needed to go to Colorado Springs, needed to make the two hour drive again. And so did that, got it replaced. They they honor like they have a, a warranty on their repairs. So they just put a new screen on it. Guy did it while we waited and it works fine now. But yeah, that's like one of those things like going to see like a specialist doctor or going to get an iPhone repaired, going to major stores, anything like that you need to do. Uh, yeah, you kind of got to, you know, that's one of the downsides of living way out where we live. But oh, I made some jerky, made some elk jerky. It was wonderful. We still have some. Baked some bread, you know, just normal kind of laid back shit. But kind of it. Uh, we've got our Just Riding Along Outdoor Media fundraiser stickers on sale. They are benefiting the Partnership for Community Action. Let me bring up their website real quick so I can read you a quick excerpt from their website. It's so. a grassroots movement of queer and gender diverse people building community in rural Colorado. So they are based right here in central Colorado. They put together community events. They have various programs. They do educational opportunities. So let's just say you own a business and you're like, you know what? I want to make sure everyone in my business knows difference between different gender identities. They have programs where they will educate people in your workforce or just people they have like community events where people can go and just learn about the queer and gender diverse community in the area so it's they do a lot of good work for um, stuff in this area um, so that's what our fundraiser is for you can buy a sticker not really buy a sticker you can make a ten dollar donation or more uh, for one sticker is ten dollars uh, you can donate as much as you want if you don't want one sticker for every $10 that you donate, you can always email me and let me know. We've had a couple of people donate $40 or $50 and email in and say, hey, just send me two stickers. So uh, do that. I do plan on, we've got 50 of these stickers, maybe a couple less because I'm going to buy a couple for myself. We'll have 50 of them approximately and you can purchase one, uh, support that community. We're going to probably do future fundraisers in the future you know, to like coming up after this one is over. Um, I think it's just a nice way to give back to different causes. We'll keep it up. You know, if you're if you're not into this one, just keep an eye out because we'll have other ones in the future. Now uh, we want to do new shit. Yeah, let's do new shit. All right. We're getting into that part of the year where it's like fall, winter, and the new shit is just slowing way, way down. Uh, Shimano was hit by a massive ransomware attack. Oh, damn. I didn't see that. Uh, the company is aware of suspected attacks and an investigation is underway with hackers threatening to release a trove of data. The data mostly related to all the financial documents, uh, confidential employee details, including social security numbers, residential addresses and passport scans, confidential diagrams, drawings, laboratory tests, NDAs, contracts and developmental materials, a client database financial documents yeah so got that from the escape collective troy sent that over for us they have 4.5 terabytes of data so Jeez. somewhere some hackers had a crank fall apart yeah <laughs> and they're mad about it they're big mad about they're it like look here cocksucker <laughs> all right oh, man let's see what else do we want to talk can i about? give a quick uh like a quick little bit of information for these uh 
shoes that are being released. Yeah, whatever. Go. Uh, so Physique has... I'm trying to figure out what... Um, make sure this is all the same company here. Physique has two different Gore-Tex shoes. One is insulated and the other one looks like your standard, like a flat pedal-ish mountain bike shoe. Just want to go on record saying... Now, the insulated one does have a little bit of a cuff around the ankle. Low top Gore-Tex shoes. Don't fucking waste your money. Unless you just want them because they're a little warmer. If you have any splashing that happens... That, that water goes over the top. And you know what that shoe will do? Drink that water up. It will drink that water. If You you can take a water hose and fill up a Gore-Tex shoe, and that water will just stay in there. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, because like, the, the, when the water gets in and it's Gore-Tex, it ain't got nowhere to get out. That That's why wearing sandals in the river is pretty cool. Yeah, so just keep... And that, this goes for running shoes, too, because a lot of running shoes come in a Gore-Tex variation. Um, if it is a low-top shoe of any sort, it is not um, always the most wise choice to have a shoe that will not let water back out if water gets into it. But just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, the the ones with the little gator around them, those are probably way better for getting into any kind of like snow or splashy stuff. Um, the, the other one that's like a flat pedal shoe is just a normal low-top shoe, and I just I wouldn't go there if I were you. I have a random one. Yeah. It's not really new stuff, I don't think. Maybe it's slightly new. I don't know much about them, but it came up at some point uh, with random people at the shop talking about random stuff. Do you guys know much about propane bikes? Uh, isn't that the sponsor of Hank Hill? <laughs> <laughs> I know of like, I've heard of the brand name before, and it's propane with like you know, P R O P A I N. Mm hmm. And I know I've like seen their bikes and heard of their bikes before, but I just never really, you know, there's so many little random niche bougie brands out there. And I get never look yeah, at they, their stuff that closely. They kind of fall into like the same category, I would say, is like a uh, uh, pole sort of where they're just yeah, like, yeah. they're there. They're probably a little bit more more popular in a different country. You know, I think they're not a U.S. company, so they're probably yeah, I don't. More... I really don't know anything about them, truly. Like, I'm randomly just talking about them because I just saw them and they kind of caught my eye. They got some, like, pretty interesting stuff. Their suspension packaging design is, like, pretty clever, if you ask me. I haven't ridden one. I don't know. But it seems to be a DW Link-style bike. But the shock is, like, fully tucked up against your seat tube. It's, like, kind of cool, but in the front of your seat tube, so it should stay, like, relatively clean, and then you got tons of room for bottles and stuff. I don't know. It just seems from a packaging standpoint, if nothing else, seems like a pretty cool freaking idea. And they even have, like, a little e-bike with a full SRAM powertrain, Eagle, whatever, Axis, transmission, something or other, lots All of names of and stuff. I'm not, not knowing what they are. <laughs> uh, there's probably some... Some trademark stuff I got wrong there, but anyway, this is this is how people know that we're not paid by anybody to to mention anything. <laughs> yeah, I get pretty you know tired we, of marketing. That speak. company we usually like a lot. This bike just has all of their shit. Yeah, exactly. Just, just the whole package of all their shit. <laughs> yeah. Is, are you talking about the Econo Two? Uh, the Econo Two. Yeah, it's got the the uni unicorn the unicorn color transmission powertrain axis transmission drivetrain i haven't found a picture of the bike yet on the 
on the page. I've I've just seen a lot of pretty shit, but not actually seen what the bike looks like. But kind of cool. Uh, I didn't realize that you can run range extenders on the SRAM stuff. I guess that's pretty cool because it's like a more full fat, full power, whatever you want to call it, setup it seems. But you can also run range extenders. That's just very unusual. So anyway... Just kind of random a thing. in that bad boy? Ugh. Looks big. It's got a coil 180, 170. Whoa, that's, that's a, a big, big bike. bike. Jeez. From from 23 kilograms in size medium. That's a that's, that's an a absolute bitch. unit. <laughs> that is that is a powertrain unit. That makes me wonder. They make the same thing, but in aluminum. Whoa. Oh, it only man. it only weighs one kilo more, but it's got a different. Uh, like a different drivetrain. It's a Shimano. But anyway, just kind of cool. Uh, I wasn't even looking at their e-bike stuff to begin with. I was looking at their more like regular stuff. But the moral, the moral the of the story is... Now. It looks pretty cool. The packaging just seems practical. That's all. Yeah. I'd I'd try one out if they sent us one. All right, propane. So, get on yeah, it. Yeah. Specialized. You listen. Buy propane and then build a bike like theirs. <laughs> oh, boy. I wanna I wanna look this bike up. Whoa, they got little kids' bikes that are full suspension and stuff too. Jeez, those that's actually cooler. That's cool as shit. They got little full suspension kid bikes that are really neat. Dude, they make a bike with one ninety front travel that's single crown. Jesus. What? <laughs> <laughs> the spin drift. That's a thing. Hell yeah, baby. What fork is on there? Like a thirty eight? I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. Fox thirty eight. Or a Zeb Ultimate. I haven't found anything with a 190 yet. Maybe Do they make just... any 190 single crown 29 forks? Is that a thing? Well, it also is available in both wheel sizes. So maybe it's only 190 if you run it 27.5. I don't know. Mm. But what made you think about them? About propane? Yeah. I think someone had it pulled up on a computer and I was just looking at it. And I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. And then I looked at it a little closer and I thought, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, this looks respectable. I mean, the the trail bike is a 150, 140, I think I just saw. The, he, the propane Eugene. Yeah, the Eugene. And the high-end build, which is actually called the high-end. I kind of like that with this. Like, they have three tiers on each bike. You have start, performance, and high-end. And for the record, performance comes with a bike ultimate, so... Yeah, exactly. And a super deluxe ultimate shock. Like, you get... Oh, God, but formula brakes. Jesus, kill me. Yeah, and then you get uh, Bagura brakes on the uh Oh, the those wheels end. don't look good, though. But it's with aluminum wheels, it's a 28-pound bike. It's got a bike yoke seat post on it. And uh, X01 Eagle doesn't say transmission. I'm assuming it's not transmission then if it doesn't say it. But I mean, for a six thousand, uh, basically a sixty five hundred dollar bike, that's it's pretty nice. Doesn't look like they do anything in that bike with transmission, so I'm betting that it's not uh, UDH. UDH. So they appear to be a German company. I like the Germans. Mm, the Germans. I get along with the Germans and the things that the Germans do. Does it have any hidey holes in the down tube? Because if so, I would assume it would come with bratwurst. <laughs> Put a bratwurst in your down tube. Yep. Yep. That makes me want some Jaeger schnitzel. <laughs> did you like the picture I sent you of modified meat rice this week? I did. I didn't see any meat, though. Well, it was under the tater tots. Well, yeah. So, like, I put in a layer of, of vegetable rice and then a layer of meat and then a layer of macaroni. And then I arranged my tater tots around the edge so they wouldn't get soggy. Got it. And then you could stab a tater tot and scoop up some stuff and have a crunchy tater tot with a bite of cheesy, ricey, meaty goodness. Yeah, I mean, it seemed it seemed pretty reasonable. It looked it looked uh, it looked weird for sure. It, it was, was aesthetically pretty... pleasing meat rice. It, 
Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, good presentation. So can we go to the other end of trail bikes now? Oh, God, I can't wait to make fun of this. Please go. What, the Canyon Lux Trail? Please, just talk about it. I can't wait. Well, previously, Canyon did the Lux with a trail. The Lux is their cross-country bike. They did a trail version of the Lux, and now they have made a dedicated frame for the Lux Trail. So it's got five millimeters extra travel. Otherwise, it's, I mean, similarly kitted out. It's a 124, 115 rear travel relatively light it's like a no the, it's not the nicest one is 25 pounds which i think is a little on the heavy side for this category of bike the review bike that i saw weighed 28 and a half pounds as they review weighed it and it was the high-end one i'm pretty sure oh well maybe that didn't include like sealant in the tires and batteries on the transmission parts or something well i mean i'm yeah i guess we got I, i'm not trying to like defend canyon here far from it like <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, this is a... In our neck of the woods, people, uh, well, some people like Canyon. In my shop world, (laughs) people heavily dislike Canyons. Yeah. I mean, I've, it's, they're they're simple bikes, you know. But I'm looking at it, and the price point is there. It looks to be aluminum wheels, I think, from what I can tell. Uh, The high-end build has carbon wheels on it. Are they carbon? Yeah, they're DT Swiss uh, 1200. Oh, XRC. Yeah, the C would be carbon, right? Yeah. Interesting. So how the fuck does this bike weigh 26 pounds? I, that's what I don't know. It does Oh, have I know what they now. did. Oh, ugh. Look. Ugh. What? what? they did. I'm just looking at the picture of this. And they've got the stem slammed on the frame. <laughs> Why would you do that? No one, you shouldn't ever do that. That should be illegal. I do like that it comes with a lever style rear axle. Rear through axle has a little one of those pop out levers that you can push into the bike and pop back out. I don't think I would ride one of those again. I know. you. I think you've said you've like crunched one so you couldn't actually pull it out and use it. Uh, I crunched an RWS gear so it didn't ratchet anymore. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that can definitely happen, but... I don't know. For the price point, if you're looking for that category of bike, that's probably going to be one of the less expensive trail-ish cross-country bikes that holds two bottles. They made it just a little bit slacker. Uh, they've got some nice colors. That black and gold is pretty fucking hot, I think. I wish it didn't have tan walls on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. two bottles. I wonder what size frame that is. Okay. Looks like on the extra small frame, you might have to run a special a special extra small bottle. But I mean, I guess that's better than nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm into those bikes. I hope more people keep making longish travel across country bikes. I hope that just becomes a more popular category is sub 25 pound trail bikes that are 120, 120 or, you know, somewhere in that area. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to beat that Epic Evo is just a yeah. great platform and stuff like it i'm not saying that's the only good one there's i think a a decent number of good ones and i think more and more people are realizing that's if you are the average semi-enthusiast rider you don't even you don't have to race you could race it doesn't really matter but basically if you ride kind of normal cross-country trails this is the bike that's the type of bike that you need yeah if you pedal and don't really jump you don't need this is the bike for you. This style yeah. of bike is the bike for you. If you primarily like to pedal and you ride <laughs> trails, this is that's what you need. Yep, I like it. I like also that they kept the stack numbers relatively low on the uh, extra small and small bikes. 589, like in a 29er, 589 is a pretty low stack for smaller bikes. Most of the time, those riders are having to deal with having the bars like up in their fucking face. And, you know, if your seat is not very far from the ground 
your bars don't need to be way up in the air either. Like even to just have like level bar to saddle or just a little bit of rise, um, a lot of frames, they don't even, that's like an afterthought. So it's pretty cool. Well, I think we're going to have negative, we're going to have negative stems soon. It's going to be a thing. Like backwards? Uh, Yeah, maybe a little backwards or just uh, somehow direct mounted. Mm, maybe. Yep. That's my prediction. We're going to go to some type of zero setup. Zero setup and 150 cranks. You want to talk about an ugly uh, gravel bike? Always. The Nordest Albarda. I might be saying that wrong. Albarda GT Tri Gravel Bike. Tie. Tie. Sorry. My mouth's not working. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the top tube is very straight, which I, I don't have a problem with that. If you're making something that, you know, you're going to put warts all over, like on the fork and the top tube and all over the frame in general, and you're that basically says this is a bike for touring and bikepacking. And if you make the top tube straight to complement that, I don't really have a problem with it. Sure, you're going to suffer some loss of standover, but you all know what I think about standover as a means of sizing a bicycle, so I don't have to get into that rant now. But the top tube just kind of like keeps going past the seat tube a few inches. So it's just... It's just a really bulbous top tube. It's just kind of ugly. So you can rub your And thighs. also, it just doesn't make any sense, the, the arrow headset situation on this yeah. bike. Like, yeah. okay, is well, it it's different? For the integrated housing. Is it different? Yes. Okay. I guess that makes more sense. It's not arrow as much as it is a, a passageway for the cables to enter the head tube. Yeah. All right. I guess that's a little bit more forgivable, but that is, uh, yeah, I don't want to be mean to the person that created this bike because I'm sure they have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of time and opinions invested in it. Uh, but, you know. In just... in the list of things that are not aesthetic, this is not aesthetic. Yeah, it's... um. You know, like you've seen your your friend has a baby or something and, and you know, some people have ugly babies and <laughs> that's okay. It's okay. That's the name of this show now, Ugly Babies. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know, it, it, there's such thing as ugly babies and this is just uh, unfortunately an ugly bike. I have, I actually, a uh, quick story. I had a friend who, uh, she's an older lady, she's not here anymore, but she had two children, and her, she said her son, who's the older one, was the most beautiful baby she'd ever seen. Like, honestly, very beautiful baby. Then she had her daughter, and she's like, and she was an ugly baby, and we couldn't believe it. She, like, her nose, she just had two nostril holes in the middle of her face, and she just, she was an ugly baby, and we just... We were just like, how did we have such a pretty baby and then such an ugly baby? <laughs> but she since turned out to be a very lovely young lady. But um, that was, yes, so people who have an ugly baby do know that they have an ugly baby. So maybe when this bike gets older, it won't be as ugly. But right now, it's pretty ugly. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's not nice. I don't really want to talk about this rack. Okay. There's a new rack out that's made to fit every bike, and it clamps on to the chainstays, and I, that's a selling point, is that it doesn't use an axle mount, and I feel like that's something that makes a really good rear rack for bikes that are ridden off-road to make them very stable, um, rather than to cantilever on your chainstays. No, so. no, just ratchet that <laughs> shit down on your chainstays, so, uh, and then I want you to load it up. Nothing could ever go wrong with that i i want you to put a 24 pack of big k red cola on there (laughs) 
No, what was it? Big K Red Cream Soda. Yeah. And uh, I, I found out a listener's going to mail me some of that, by the way. So That's pretty amazing. Uh, the next show, if it's here by then, I'll have Big K with vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever. That's like the redneck version of Four Loco, I think. <laughs> you just pour up. You have a Big K Red Cream Soda, vodka, and a five-hour energy all together. Oh, God. Don't do that before the show because we record at night. Just be awake all night, just burning wood in the wood-burning stove. Yeah. Do we have listener questions? Yeah, we got a few. Let's do it. Um, so this one is not as much a question, but I do want to read it because we do get asked about Vapor Trail from time to time. And um, I've talked about it, but I'll repeat it. Uh, so Sam is wondering if we could coach him for 2024 Vapor Trail 125. Neither one of us is really into coaching like from a give you a plan to follow kind of standpoint, I can definitely give you advice on how like very in-depth advice about the race itself and how to break it down into digestible chunks, what you should pre-ride, where you're going to have a bad time. Just I, I'm happy to help anyone with that and you don't have to pay me. So, you know, if you're looking for like a training program, I would definitely recommend a real coach because I am not a real coach. I'm a real boy. <laughs> I was a big fan of Linda Wallenfels when I was racing and training. The budget that you have on here, she is a little outside of that for her personal programs, but she does have pre-made programs. Or you could get Trainer Road. Yeah, you can use Trainer Road also. Um, but the nice thing about Linda is she's also familiar with Vapor Trails. She has coached very successful Vapor Trail athletes. And she'll give you advice. Like if you buy a pre-made training program and, you know, you're trying to pick which one you want, uh, you can do a phone call with her. You can email with her a little bit and see which one's going to work best for you. And you know, that's who I would recommend. If you already have a coach that, that you like, uh, it is very helpful that you just are able to tell them, you know, elevation profile, give them some, some specific details about the course if they don't know that already. That's really why I would recommend Linda because she's very familiar with the race. Uh, but there are other coaches that are familiar as well. So that's what I would recommend. Um, again, just email me or uh, message me on Instagram on my personal account, not the JRA account. Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd be happy to help you out just with some general uh, course advice. And that goes for everyone, not just Sam. So next question. Do you want to read this one? Oh my god. It's from Sean. Sean says, uh, hello crew. Sorry, this is a bit of a book. It's just kind of grew as I typed. Rel relatively new mountain biker here starting last May in the New England area. Coworker got me into the podcast. It's one of my favorites. I love all the sidebars, tangents, and rants which keep it interesting. I got my first bike, a 2022 Stumpy Evo Expert, sucker for the beat boops, and I like it, but since I can't leave things well enough alone, I want to do some upgrades. Specifically looking at TRP, DHR, Evo brakes, and carbon wheels of some sort. As Matt would say, I'm not a small human, 6'2 and 240 pounds, so I have a couple of questions regarding options. For primarily trail riding and occasional bike park days, I'd be better off with 203 or 223 rotors. I'm just going to pause right here so we can answer this as we go. Um, at 240 pounds, my vote... It's tough because, remember, your brakes need to get warm to work. So if you went 223, you might not make enough heat to start working on a smaller descent. But rotors aren't that expensive. I would say start with 203, 203, or even 203, 180. 
And if you find yourself overrunning that, then bump up to a 203 in the rear, go so on and so forth. Anyone else's thoughts? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I that makes sense. Rotors are a pretty inexpensive thing. you know. And, and look, if the 203 is not enough for you, you'll wear through it. And just when it's time to replace, just go ahead and, yeah, like Matt said, put bigger rotors on there. I own 12 sets of DHR Evos. And <laughs> you can put big rotors on there. It's fine. Don't be scared of big rotors. Uh, I run 220 on the Talaria, and I run 200s and not even the proper thickness on my Kinevo SL, just the two millimeter thick instead of the 2.2 or 2.3 or whatever the thicker TRP ones are. I would run just the six bolt TRP rotors. I think they're just fine. 200 front and rear, totally reasonable. Uh, but I wouldn't be scared of doing 220 front and rear. It's, it seems so crazy, but it's really not. It's not going to, it's going to be just fine. All right. Um, I've had my eye on Bird Hawk 30 wheels with either their Talon hubs for the price or Hydra hubs for engagement. Suggested weight limit is 280 pounds. Would I be pushing it with these wheels or should I look elsewhere or would these be fine for trail riding? To pause here again, yeah, I mean, you're 40 pounds under the weight limit, but also you're trying to do some quick math here. You know, you're in the neighborhood of 15 to 18% under the weight limit, right? Maybe 20%. I can't do math in my head. Their weight limit isn't like at 281 pounds they fucking snap when you ride off a curb. You know? Yeah, and so. you think about it like when Matt was hauling the Land Rover with the uh, Forerunner. Oh, God. That was slightly above the stated nope. weight limit. No, it was not. Everything was fine. And he he did it smartly. So, you know, as long as you're not like, I'm going to do this road gap at the downhill part and case your rear wheel. I mean, that would destroy most rear wheels with anyone. But you know what I mean. Like, use them for their intended purpose. And, you know, don't wear a pack that weighs 40 pounds. And you're, yeah, you, you should be fine. Like, you are under the weight limit. So I wouldn't worry about it. And they've got a good replacement program. Yeah, I'm I'm all about it. Just go for it. What do you think, Kenny? Uh, I have... A few thoughts. One is going to be a tangent that we're going to answer later because it reminded me on engagement. And I read an article that was really interesting on why a particular fella hated high engagement hubs. And I thought it was really an interesting article. And it has to do with like, I think traction under braking or, you know, some type of pedal kickback situation. Basically, the suspension when you're loaded up on the pedals descending uh, and when you lock that rear wheel and having that little bit of slack in the drivetrain can help the suspension move a little bit. I just thought it was a pretty interesting, an interesting take. Like the, the, while maybe techie climbing, it can be advantageous, obviously, I think for maybe descending, it can actually be supposedly worse. And I thought that was just interesting. And it's not yeah, bagging. Haven't there been, haven't there been cranks the made? The O-chain. What's that? The O-chain is an oscillator for your chain ring. So it separates, it's a, it's a spider with damper in it. Okay. Yeah. So there have been devices made to eliminate that particular problem. So yeah, it, it would be something that, yeah, if you're really, really focused on downhill riding, maybe the high engagement stuff isn't your jam. But if you're riding multi-condition trails that you're up and down a lot, um, and you also... Like his next paragraph is probably worth reading. He says, I plan on keeping the alloy rims and putting some not pedal friendly tires, uh, double assegai on the alloys for some occasional downhill days and something more pedal friendly but still grippy for the Rocky Rudy trails. I would normally be pedaling. Any recommendations? He's asking for tire advice. We'll get into that for, for in a second. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to keep alloy rims around for your 
your downhill, like your park days. I think that the bird wheels are a great choice. And I would probably go with the Hydra hubs in those. I'm assuming that the alloy wheels probably have like a DT hub in them if it's specialized. I don't know. I bought a frame, so I don't know what would have came in that as a complete. Do you know what comes in an expert level stump jumper Evo, Kenny? It's probably going to be a DT350 based hub. It's going to be a hub shell that's manufactured specifically for specialized and it has some pretty goofy lacing pattern if i'm not mistaken and i could be wrong it might come with different wheels but that's usually what's on the expert level build Uh, i can look it up but it's it's a fine hub and i think it's going to be just dt internal so nothing fancy but yeah should be should be plenty reliable but not hot trash no i don't think it's hot trash i don't know I don't know that they make hot trash hubs anymore. So the entry level specialized used to come with that formula hub and it would like unscrew end caps and like it had all kinds of so bad. It had all kinds of problems and it would break hub flanges. It would break uh, people would break the drive rings. They would just strip out the drive ring like inside the hub shell and just destroy it. I can just hear that noise that a bike would make when that drive ring was broken. Like, that's in- yeah. embedded in my head. So, those were really bad. But the Bear Pauls ones, which are like a lot of things, they're a Taiwanese brand, but I think a little bit more, a little bit higher end stuff. That's the more cheapest robust. wheel. It's the cheapest hub you can get, I think, on any of the trail bikes these days from Specialized. And I haven't had issues with them yet. So, they've lasted at least two years three years so maybe they're okay i don't know so it sounds like he's going to be pretty well set up between you know a nice set of bird wheels and then keeping the alloy wheels around for park days but i call bullshit on that you're not going to swap your wheels for park days (laughs) but so his question about tire recommendation was i was thinking either double so for the for rocky rudy trails pedal friendly more pedal friendly than a double assegai, but still grippy for Rocky Rudy trails. He was thinking either double butcher in T9 or DHF DHR combo, but would like to hear your thoughts. Uh, Kenny, that T9 is the softest, most grippy compound, correct? That is correct. So maybe, you know, since yeah, you're a big, bad. since you're a bigger person, a large human, uh, maybe go with the T7 for your rear tire. It's just going to last a tiny bit longer. Yeah, and if you were buying DHF, DHR, you might want to go, if you're not going to run any inserts or anything on the bird wheel, you might want to run for the front in like the Maxis world. You'd probably want a DFR or DHF dual compound, tubeless ready, 2.5. And in the rear, you'd want either the DHR dual compound, EX, like EXO in the front. And in the rear, you either want that in EXO or maybe even, what is EXO. it? plus exo plus yeah yeah maybe you know that's that's your call right yeah i run the t9 butcher on the front and that thing is pretty good it's pretty good tire i'm surprised i usually don't like the butcher that much i think the only reason i'm liking this particular butcher is a it's a two six and b that like gummy compound it's pretty awesome what matt do you know what what set of specialized tires I just picked I, up? I quit paying attention. Andrea was trying to pick out tires the other day, and she was like waffling, and I just walked off. And then she <laughs> eventually got tires, and now it's it's. I don't want to say her problem, but I'm like, ah, God's yeah, will be done. I got a set of specialized tires to put on a bike in two six two three, I think, and like a the T seven compound in the two three tire, and the T nine compound in the two six, and I'm, I'll probably put that. I don't know on the mayhem. I mean, I have like two bikes to choose from, so you know. 
All right. What else we got? That's it for... Oh, Sean says, thanks and keep up the great work. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. Tell your and co-worker. And thank your coworker too. Yeah, tell your coworker that... Uh, They're awesome. Or you could go up to him and in the same voice that I say, Kenny sucks. You'd be like, insert their name here, be like, so-and-so sucks. <laughs> That's from Matt from JRA. <laughs> we got one listener question on the patron Slack, and if you join patron and... Patreon. Patreon. If you're a patron on Patreon... God, I hate that so much. And you donate $10 or more a month, you are invited to join No, our... it's any patron. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Any patron. So, shit, I don't know anything. So for as little as $3 a month, you can join the very helpful but sometimes train wreck of our Slack channel. Yeah, if these motherfuckers quit or don't quit not using threads, and just... <laughs> Anyways, yeah, uh, so Clayton... Chief Von Eckeren ask, uh, explain the physics of a nose wheelie on a BMX bike upstairs, please. And I answered, what did I say? I can't, don't understand, voodoo. Voodoo, yeah. I, I don't get it. People nose wheelie up a flight of like a six or eight set of stairs. Did we answer this one already? Uh, I don't know. I don't um, think we did. Anyways, uh, yeah, I have no idea how they do that. So, Stephen has a question. He says, I'm looking to upgrade my gravel bike. I'm on a 21 Checkpoint ALR5 that I've upgraded the cockpit and wheels on. I can get a deal on a Checkpoint SL6, or I'm looking at one of the Aspero 20% off deals all over the internet. I ride as my winter road bike with 40 semi-slicks, and I do some gravel racing and trail riding on it year-round. Confru- confused by the new Checkpoint geometry, I ride a 58, but test rode an SL5 58, and I think I'd rather go 61. It fell low and short, even though it should be longer. Um, I'm just That's gonna what she s- said. I'm just going to say, if you want a bike that feels like a winter road bike, you should buy the Cervelo. That's, that's What's the different? Do you know the geometry on the Cervelo uh, it, offhand? The the checkpoint is becoming more and more like the Diverge, where it's like a fast drop bar mountain bike and less of just like a fucking very capable road bike. And the Aspero is still like a capable road bike. It's like a it doesn't ride like a boat yet. So Yeah, that's... Is a nice looking bike. I just pulled it up, and that is a very nice. And if if you're gravel racing and doing hot boy fast shit, then yeah, I I would definitely take that Asparo if if you can find one at a deal. That's that's a nice looking bike. If as long as the geometry fits you, you know. If you really like how your find the question again. Oh yeah, it was in Slack. If you really like how your ALR five fits and feels, look at the stack and reach on that. Then compare it to the stack and reach on that checkpoint, and then compare that to the stack and reach on the Aspero, and pick out whatever is closest to what you have now. So if on your ALR you've got a giant stack of spacers under the stem and the stem pointed up. Um, maybe go for the something that has the taller stack. Like, oh, Matt's going to pull up Geometry Geeks because it's a bike comparison tool, which is really fucking cool. What year is that ALR? Uh, the 21 or 22 checkpoint? Uh, 21 checkpoint ALR5. I do this a lot. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, I mean, the checkpoint in a 58, it should feel longer. It has a longer reach. Uh, but it should be ran with a shorter stem. The stack on the SL5 checkpoint in a 61 is just going to be gigantic. So be careful about that. The Aspero is going to be just a little bit longer, a little bit lower. Yeah, I'm a, I 
I don't know. I think the Asparrow is the closest if you don't need a lot of stack. Yeah. So you can always look at those things and compare them with each other on Geometry Geeks. Geometrygeeks.bike. And just know that don't feed it too much information. Don't try to put in, you know, 20... Like sometimes, you know, understand that an SL5 and an SL6 are going to have the same geometry because, you know, as long as you're looking at the same model year, they make one carbon frame. Sure, there might be different levels of carbon, but they're all pumping them out of the same mold. It's not like the SL6 and the SL9 or whatever. I don't know if they do that high in in their gravel bikes, but the geo will match. It's just the carbon changes. So feed it something pretty simple like 2022 checkpoint. And then from there, uh, or just checkpoint, you can sort by year. It's not very intuitive on their website, but if you click the word year on a list of bikes, it'll put them, you know, in year, like oldest, newest or whatever, and you can find it. And it's it's super simple to use once you get the hang of it. I use that, no exaggeration, two to ten times a week at my job. So just start playing around with it. it it's pretty cool. The one thing I will say, though, is... If you ever see something that makes you scratch your head, just go double check it somewhere else. It's very rare that their stuff is wrong, but um, I would say that if you can't find the geometry anywhere and then you find it on Geometry Geeks and they have it for like two sizes, take that with a grain of salt. But for the most part, it's it's pretty small. Yeah, like current-ish bikes in major manufacturers, they're going to have good information. You bet. Uh, What else do we want to talk about? I think that's it. Kenny, you got anything? Mm, nope. Did uh, all those uh, all those, all those issues in, in over the Nürburgring, did those catch up with you or not? What do you mean? I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, when you put that one car into a wall and then no. ran away into the woods. <laughs> no. No, I did not. I crashed. I crashed nothing. All right. Cool. Well, that's been a show until next week. I don't know. Daydream of puppies with your eyes closed while driving. I don't and don't buy oval chain we gotta we gotta get a shutter down kenny shutter down thanks for tuning in to the just riding along show there's some shit coming out of your great pads <laughs>